0: Excuse me so uh, just my motivation music to get started a bit of Venger Boys gets the vibe uh, going i do not own the uh, license to those rights uh, i think i can get away with like four seconds uh, so yeah Venger Boys or your lawyers come on just yeah leave me alone over that one this is not just a sports report today i'm going to be jumping into ufc fight night 202 part two of my preview and predictions so i've done the prelims you can go back and listen to that now if you like or after whatever uh, but today i'm going to be jumping into the main card we have five fights islam Markashev was supposed to be fighting Benil dariush in the main event dariush has had to withdraw so now we see bobby king green who won me some money only a couple of weeks ago now bobby green has taken this huge fight on short notice nobody else wanted to step up so huge props to Bobby Green for giving us a main event worthy match. Uh, and he definitely deserves that highlight fight as well. Uh, and an interesting co-main event between middleweights Misha Serkinov and Wellington Turman. Now if you enjoyed the podcast today. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at report, And follow us on whatever pla- uh, podcast platypus platform whatever the fuck. Uh, whatever podcast yeah you get my drift just. If you like it, uh, check us a follow. You'll be able to see whenever new podcasts drop. I've also got a thoughts and comments podcast coming out tomorrow. I'm going to watch the card and just give my thoughts and comments live as we go. So we'll see how that one turns out. But today it is time to get into my preview and predictions. So let's start with the main card opener between Armin Petrosian and Gregory Rodriguez. Kicking off the proceedings on this fight night card, it's going to be two middleweights. They are no strangers to stoppage wins. We have the UFC debutant, as I said, Armin Petrosian up against Gregory Rodriguez, who is absolutely a prospect to keep an eye on. Even though he's a little bit older, he's an absolute prospect in his own right, no doubt. Now, Petrosian is yet another Dana White Contender Series graduate from the class of 2021 earning his contract with a dominant first round knockout win over Kaloyan Kolev last October. So Petrosian got that contract, yet another Dana White contender series graduate and it's been a case of six straight wins for Armin with a stoppage occurring in all six of those victories. I'll get to that a little bit later on. As for Gregory Rodriguez the Brazilian rides a four-fight win streak into this weekend with three of his past four wins being finishes. There's no doubt that Robocop will be looking to notch his fifth straight, and a win here should set him up nicely for a higher profile bout later this year. Time for the profiles, we have Gregory Rodriguez, nicknamed Robocop, he is 30 years old. He is from Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, with a professional record standing at 11 and three. Armin Petrosian is nicknamed Superman, He's 31, so only a year older or something like that than Rodriguez. I don't know exactly the months, whatever. Uh, And Armin is from Armenia. So yeah, Armin, Armenia, Petrosian. So yeah, pretty cool. Armenians are pretty dope. I've never been there. That would be a very interesting place to go. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Armenia, to be honest. I might need to look more into that. I'm sure they have some very uh, rich history. So yeah, there you go. Something for me to do a bit later. Uh, Now Jim, Academy MMA for Petrosian and his professional record stands at 6 and 1. As far as the size advantage, there is going to be a huge reach advantage for Rodriguez and that makes Robocop extremely dangerous. He has a lot of power, probably the power advantage in this fight as well. So if he can really dictate the terms of the fight and keep Armin at bay using his reach, then... I think Gregory Rodriguez is going to be in for an outstanding performance this weekend. The winner of this fight will find themselves right in the mix for a spot in the middleweight top 15 so this fight is sure to be a high stakes contest and it promises explosive action from start to finish. As far as their 2021 campaigns, Rodriguez, uh, I'll quickly dial back to 2020 where he lost on Dana White's contender series and he didn't earn a contract. Uh, And then for Rodriguez in 2021, he had two knockout wins to start his year. And then he entered the UFC. So he ended up getting a shot in the UFC after failing, or not failing, but just coming up short on Dana White's contender series. Uh, And Rodriguez defeated Dusko Todorovic by decision. So immediately Rodriguez established himself as a threat. He has made it to the UFC. And now that he's here, he intends not just on staying here, but really making a lasting impact. Robocop extended his streak to four straight last October with a round two knockout win over Jun Young Park. I'm pretty sure I had, I may have had him by decision. I always, they feel like I have CTE. I honestly, I do my preview predictions podcast. I have a pretty good idea of what I do for a lot of them, but uh, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I went Rodriguez. I can't even remember, for fuck's sake. But yeah, Rodriguez is dope. Uh, I did watch that. That was very recent. And he got the round two knockout win. So if someone can clue me into what I predicted for that one, that would be great. Now, four fights for Armin Petrosian in 2021. In January, he had a knockout win over Dmitry Minnikov. Then in June, Armin had a TKO loss. uh, So he fell short up against Hassan Youssefi. And then in July massive bounce back for Petrosian. He had a 15 second TKO win over Alexander Zemlikov. So these were all outside of the UFC and then that really caught the attention of Dana White. Petrosian ended up getting a shot on season five of the Contender Series and in October he earned a contract with a round one knockout over Kaloyan Kolev. So really huge effort from Petrosian Uh, and yeah in his most second most recent bat it was a 15 second TKO win so very impressive I think he's absolutely one to watch it looks like both of these guys are very much going to be going for the big knockout too which was something that kind of was a little bit missing there were some great fights last weekend but I wanted a little bit more bang there was some main event bang and David Onama bang and a couple of others like Chad Ann Halliger and Chaz Skelly. Uh, but i feel like there's going to be a bit more of it this weekend and this shapes as the perfect main card opener to see some heavy hands flying and most likely a knockout although i did say that uh, about joaquin buckley and abdul razak el hassan so you never do know exactly how a fight's going to play out but i definitely think that there is going to be a knockout in this one Armin is on a two fight winning streak and robocop is on a four fight winning streak so You definitely know when fighters are informed, that usually makes the fight a lot better as well. Both of them are informed, they're not looking to bounce back from a loss, they are looking to continue the momentum and continue to surge through the division at middleweight. Now as far as the methods comparison, wins, Armin, 100% of Armin's wins have been by knockout. 6 wins, 6 knockout stoppages, very impressive. Now, he's had one loss in his career, but that was by knockout. So, 100% of wins over a much greater amount of fights. So, 100% of wins for Armin by knockout. 100% of losses, excuse me, uh, by knockout. Now, as far as Gregory Rodriguez goes, he has 9 of 11 wins that have been stoppages. So, very impressive stat there. 5 knockouts for Robocop, 4 submission wins, and 2 decisions Now Robocop's losses have been made up of two knockout losses and one decision loss. So he has never been submitted, but he's going up against a guy who's never won by submission as well. Armin has only exclusively won via knockout. So Robocop has a little bit more versatility to his game, which I think could really help him if this one does go the full 15 minute distance. And stylistically, it's going to be a genuine banger. I'm expecting a knockout in this one, regardless of who wins, but... Let's just wait and see how it plays out because I am very confident no matter the result this is going to be an outstanding fight. Now I'll have a quick survey over the betting market and Robocop Gregory Rodriguez is the favourite head-to-head at $1.57 whilst Armin Petrosian is a nice little value underdog at $2.35. In terms of the methods of victory, Knockout for Rodriguez would be paying $2.80 A decision win, really nice odds here. $6.50 for Rodriguez. Submission, $5.50, which Rodriguez is absolutely capable of. As far as Armin's goes, uh, $3 to win by knockout. Armin is $20 to win by submission, $10 to win by points. Six of six wins by knockout for Armin Petrosian. That makes those $3 odds pretty juicy. And just as juicy for Gregory Rodriguez at $2.80 as the favorite for a knockout. So as far as which way I'm going, I'm leaning toward a knockout, and I am going for my man, Robocop, Gregory Rodriguez by knockout. That's the way I'm going for my official prediction. And as far as the betting market goes, I'm gonna chuck some money on Rodriguez by a KO slash TKO at $2.80. So in the middleweight fight, I have Gregory Rodriguez over Armin Petrosian. Sorry, I got that name wrong, brother. Uh, yep, Gregory Rodriguez, so now we move on to our next fight and up next on this main card is another cracking lightweight fight between two fighters with a lot of similarities in terms of their UFC journey. A position in the rankings is at stake in this fight, so it doesn't get much bigger than this fight. As far as this weekend's fight night card goes, the main event is obviously the biggest fight but this fight is also a standout. There aren't a heap of ranked fighters on this card, so there are a lot of people with something to prove, and there are a lot of fighters as well with something to lose this weekend. Now Tsurukin debuted for the UFC back in 2019, facing one half of this weekend's main event in Islam Markashev. fight was closely fought, and there is no doubt that Tsurukin himself is a contender at 155. Armin wasn't the only one to lose in his UFC debut, with his opponent this weekend suffering the same fate, losing via decision to Demir Ismagulov. So this fight, I haven't even said their bloody names, for fuck's sake. We have Armin Tisarukian up against Joel Alvarez in the lightweight division. So they're going to be ranked, going for a spot in the top 15 in one of the most stacked divisions in the world let me say their names again my bad armin sarukian and joel alvarez so this fight is going to be a lot of fun and the winner of this fight could very well be in line for a top 10 opponent in the lightweight division next so really big things on the horizon profiles armin sarukian he is 25 years old he is from georgia now the country of georgia has really produced some outstanding fighters as of late, I tell you what. Uh, and he represents the Lionheart, Jim in, with a professional record standing at 17 wins and two losses. Very impressive. His opponent, Joel Alvarez, is 28 years old from Spain and representing the Bandog Fight Club. Joel's professional record this weekend stands at 19 and 2. He's going to look to extend that to 20 and 2, get himself back into the rankings. And he really is a star, this Joel Alvarez. Both of them are. That's what makes this such an intriguing contest. We've got the ranking spot on the line. Armin is in 13th position, so he is already ranked. And this essentially is to break into a really nice spot in a very stacked division. So... So much on the line here. Armin is the ranked fighter. Joel is on that exact same level. So now two fighters at the very same kind of point in terms of their journey toward a shot at the belt eventually. Now they fight and now we're gonna see who's better and who is gonna be one step closer to moving their way through to try and become a top 10 fighter. Uh, And once you're in a division like the lightweight top 10, then like huge fights are on the horizon. Like you look at like Conor McGregor uh is around he's in ninth, he's obviously inactive. Uh but some of the names surrounding 13th, you've got Brad Riddle, Rafael Faziv, Gregor Gillespie, uh and yeah, or Gillespie, sorry. I always say Gillespie, my bad. Uh Gillespie. So those three in themselves are outstanding matchups that the winner of this could go on to face. Uh, and then if the say Iman's 13th so a win here. Maybe even moves him up to maybe 12th or 11th. Uh, and a win for Joel Alvarez will get him to like 13th or 12th. Well, McGregor is in ninth. He's inactive. He just wants to go straight for the title shot. But he, he's just all noise at this point. Now, Dan Hooker is in eighth. He is moving down to featherweight. Tony Ferguson in seventh. How much longer is Tony Ferguson gonna fight for? So the more you look into this fight, the more it is just this huge opportunity for both of these fighters to really make a push for the top 10. And if they can get a couple more fights out by the end of the year, then they can be in the top 10 by the end of this year and set themselves up for an insanely huge 2023 if they can keep winning. So the trajectory of their career is skyrocketing for both of them respectively, and now they're going to meet in the octagon to see who is the better man on the night. Now in terms of their 2021 campaigns, Armin had a January decision win over Matt Favola, and then Sarukian defeated Christos Kiagos in round one by technical knockout, and Armin was awarded the performance of the night honours on that occasion. As for Joel Alvarez, in 2021, He missed weight in his one and only showing last year. I do believe he's missed weight like twice in his last couple of fights. I think he is having issues with that. Uh, But Alvarez still got the round one technical knockout over Thiago Moises. I was was probably going to go Alvarez for submission. I do remember my prediction in that one though. I think I went Thiago Moises by decision and he was knocked out. So Joel Alvarez got it done in round one in his last fight. And Tiago Moises has actually fought both men in this fight, both Alvarez and Sarukian. So these two fighters aren't as far away from that main event spotlight as it may seem because Moises, of course, competed in a main event against Makashev. Makashev is now in the fight night main event here as well. So for both of these guys, it shapes as an integral opportunity for now them to present themselves as main eventers and lightweight fixtures and there are spots up for grabs in terms of five round main event spots and both of these guys are slowly edging their way toward that and their next fight should they win is definitely going to be a very high profile bout in terms of the streaks and method comparisons Joel uh, Joel sorry Joel <laughs> Joel Alvarez has won 14 of his past 15 fights so Joel is in incredibly amazing form and Alvarez is currently riding a four-fight win streak. As for Armin Sarukian, he has won 16 of his past 17 fights. So if you thought 14 from the last 15 was good for Alvarez, Armin has 16 of his past 17. He is also on a four-fight win streak. Only one of these men are guaranteed to notch their fifth straight victory, so this shapes as definitely one of the major highlight fights of this weekend. In terms of methods, Armans wins, he has 17 career wins, six knockouts, five submissions, and six decisions. So, Sarukian is versatile as fuck, and I think he's gonna prove to be a really tough challenger for Joel Alvarez. Speaking of Alvarez, he has 19 wins, and the key stat for Alvarez is that 16 of his 19 wins have been by submission. I did highlight that stat for Alvarez in his last outing where he won by TKO. So I went, I was saying, you know, if I'm gonna go Alvarez, which I didn't, it's probably gonna be submission. And he won by TKO, so that is a key stat. 16 of 19 wins by submission, but anything could be on the table this weekend. All 19 of Joel's wins have come in the form of finishes as well. That is another hugely impressive stat for mine, with 16 submissions and three knockouts on his resume. As far as Joel's losses, he's had two losses in 21 fights, one knockout and one decision. Similar case for Armin, he's also had two losses in his career, one knockout and one decision. This is a definite fight of the night contender. Mark this one down in your little black book, diary, fucking whatever you wanna call it. This is going to be an absolute barn burner of a fight, definite fight of the night contender, and just an awesome way I really like the main card opener, and this is such an awesome way to keep that main card rolling on strong. I personally would have preferred this to be in the co-main event slot, but like, hey, a couple of fights earlier doesn't really make that much difference anyway, so this is gonna be an awesome fight. Joel Alvarez up against Armin Sarukian at lightweight. All right, having a look at the betting market, one of the biggest value underdogs on the card this weekend. Let me just adjust my mic, my apologies. Uh, One of the biggest underdogs on the card this weekend in terms of amazing value. Joel Alvarez, $2.80. Do not sleep on that price tag. Phenomenal price tag. I went against him last time. And he got the better of the guy I picked, Thiago Moises. Now, Armin Sarukian is the heavy favorite at $1.45. In terms of methods of victory, another huge value pick. Joel Alvarez by submission. 16 of 19 wins by submission in his career, that is paying $5. 5 fucking dollars. And Knockout is paying $8.50. Now Joel has finished all 19 of his wins with stoppages. So either $8.50, $5. You could chuck two separate bets on, and if he gets the stoppage, either way you're gonna make some money. Uh, now as far as Armin Sarukian goes, to win by decision 275, to win by knockout 350 win by submission $9. As for my official prediction in this lightweight main card fight I am going to take Armin Sarukian take the gamble again of going against Joel Alvarez even though I am very wary of how good he is. I don't do this one with much confidence but I'm going to take Armin Sarukian by decision which means on the betting market I'm going to jump on Armin Sarukian by points at $2.75. So that's my prediction one more time in this lightweight fight. I've got Armin in over Joel Alvarez by decision. So let's move on now. We've got another three fights to go in this card, including the co-main event and, of course, the late notice. But nonetheless, extremely exciting main event of this UFC fight night preview and predictions podcast. As we draw nearer to our main event of the evening, Uh, First, it is time to delve into some women's flyweight action between two fighters looking to kickstart their 2022 campaigns in style as Ji-Yoon Kim faces Priscilla Cachoeira. Kim was actually supposed to fight in January, but her fight was called off after Pollyanna Botelho withdrew, and that was for the second time as well. As for Cachoeira, the Brazilian will be looking to put a dissatisfactory 2021 season behind her after first missing weight, leading into a UFC 269 fight with Gillian Robinson, and then going on to lose by submission in the very last second of round one in that fight against Gillian Robertson. Uh, that was a good result for me, though, because I think in my preview and predictions podcast, I took Robertson by decision, but then on the day, I ended up making a lot of money on that card. That was a great card uh, for me. And on the day, I was like, no, nah, I'm actually going to go Robertson by uh, submission. So sorry. Usually I stick with my tips. That one uh, I changed and it was good. Thank you, Gillian Robertson, for that one. And that was Cachoeira's 2021, basically. So a much needed win is on the line for both ladies this weekend. And it shapes as an interesting contest, kind of nestled between two outstanding, and I've said outstanding a few times now, uh, t- opening main card fights, and then the two big like main event and co-main event fights. This one is sandwiched in between, so it definitely has a high level of importance, and the winner of this is gonna move up another step on the ladder in terms of the women's flyweight division, which is a division where contenders are starting to present themselves now for the champion, Valentina, but there's definitely room for extra contenders at 125 pounds, so these ladies are gonna look to put their name forward this weekend. Profiles, Ji-Yoon Kim is 32 years old, Nicknamed Firefist and she is from South Korea. Kim is also representing Syndicate MMA, which is one of the top gyms in all of the world. Professional record for Kim is nine wins, four losses and two draws. Now the two draws for Kim were in her first two professional outings, so what a way to start your career. Two draws to kick things off. For Priscilla Cachoeira, she is 33 years old. Nicknamed Zombie Girl, how's that for a nickname? She is from Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, and representing Team Figueiredo. Cachoeira's professional record stands at 10 wins and four losses heading into the apex this weekend. In terms of the size advantage, there is a massive reach advantage in favor of the South Korean. I think that's definitely going to play into her hands in terms of how this close fight is gonna play out, and I'm really excited to see what Ji-Yoon Kim can do with that reach advantage and whether she can add a little bit to her game on the feet and look for that stoppage win. Now, as far as 2021 campaigns go, Ji-Yoon Kim had one fight, which was a loss to meatball Molly McCann by unanimous decision, and Kashiwara had a TKO win followed by a submission loss. In terms of the streaks and methods, uh, Ji-Yoon Kim has lost three of her last four fights, so very disappointing. She's definitely lost me money as well, so, uh, yeah. But that's not, that's not her fault. That's my fault for picking her, you know? You can't get angry at the athletes you bet on, you know? Sometimes you just gotta look in the bloody mirror. So, yeah, deep thoughts uh, in this woman's flyweight preview. Now, three of the last four fights have been lost for Ji-Yoon Kim. Similar story for Kashiwara. She's lost four of her past six fights. That's why it's kind of curious, the positioning... Of this one on the card. It's very high up on the card. But I guess there is definitely room for women's flyweight contenders. So it gives them a chance to really, you know, work their way up the ladder. But three in last four fights losses for Kim. Four of her past six losses. Cachoeira, if that made any sense. Uh, and yeah, somehow they are one fight before the comain But good on them. Best of luck to them this weekend. Now, one of the losses for Cachoeira was her UFC debut in her hometown of Brazil against none other than the flyweight champion herself, Valentina the Bullet Shevchenko. Uh, Shevchenko was too good on the night and ended up submitting Cachoeira. In terms of the methods, Ji-Yoon Kim has nine wins, two knockout wins, three submissions, and the majority of Kim's wins have come by the judges' scoreboards. Four decision wins for Ji-Yoon Kim. As for Priscilla cashewera she has 6 of 10 wins by knockout, which is what I love to see. 60% of wins by knockout for Cachoeira, as well as four decision victories. Looking at the losses now, Cachoeira has been submitted twice, and she's lost twice by decision, so 60% of Cachoeira's wins by knockout, and she is yet to be knocked out herself in 14 pro fights, so very durable. And she's been up against the champ, Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah, she did get submitted, but... She didn't get knocked out. And then she's only ever been stopped one more time outside of the Shevchenko fight. So that's an interesting stat for Cachoeira. For Ji-Yoon Kim, all four of her losses have been by decision. So Kim is yet to be defeated by stoppage in 15 pro fights. Uh, I think that, I guess, is an answer as to why these women find themselves in such a great position on the card. Because they're durable. This is a great stylistic matchup. Uh, And we should find someone, one of these ladies was gonna come out of this fight this weekend, uh, a little bit closer to the rankings and a little bit closer to making their big push because that's what it's all about. That's where the money is and that is where, you know, I guess the legacy if that's what they're after or winning championships. Uh, So it's a great position for both of these ladies to find themselves in. Uh, It's now time for me to take a look at the betting market. Uh, Who's the favorite? I'm thinking, I don't know, this is such a mixed, strange, strange one to call. This is one of those ones where I feel like uh, whichever way I go, remember this, whichever way I go, it's probably going to go the opposite way. It seems to happen in some of these more rogue women's matches that are kind of hard to pick. Uh, But Ji-Yoon Kim is the slight favorite at $1.64 head-to-head, with Kashiwara not far behind at $2.30 dollars 30 in terms of methods of victory, and Kim to win by knockout, which nobody's ever knocked Kashuera out, $7. To win by submission, which Cachoeira has been submitted twice, $7. Uh, or the most likely outcome, and Kim by decision at $2.35. As for Cachoeira to win by deci- uh, submission, sorry, she's only won by knockout. So $21 to win by submission, $4 to win by decision. So unreal value here. On Priscilla Cachoeira by knockout at $5.50. I love the odds across the card. That's why I love to wait until the methods of victory are out before I record the part for the podcast because it's very interesting. And there's a lot of value right there. Priscilla Cachoeira, $5.50 for the knockout when she has six of 10 wins by knockout. Oh, so no, not all of her wins by knockout. She also has four decision victories. My bad, I forgot. It's Saturday... Uh, and yeah, I had a couple of beers. So just please forgive me now It's time to make my official pick for this women's flyaway contest So that's a good way to segme. segme. I was gonna say segue myself out of my mistakes and then I said segme. so uh, Digging myself a grave here and now I'm gonna dig myself a prediction for this fight I'm gonna take Ji-Yoon Kim by decision over Priscilla Cachoeira Really not sure how this one plays out not confident with my pick Ji-Yoon Kim has burnt me before. I don't have a whole lot of faith in Priscilla Cachoeira. In terms of putting my money on her. So I am taking Ji and Kim by decision. And in terms of my bet. Jumping on Kim by decision at $2.35. So that's that fight done. And now there are two remaining. Next in our co-main event. We are going to launch into some middleweight action. Uh, it's not the strongest co-main event on paper. With the greatest respect. To both fighters uh, but i am sure they're going to deliver an entertaining fight nonetheless it's going to be misha serkinov up against wellington turman now another thing to kind of think about as well when saying oh this isn't like a great match on paper their health is at stake i always try to appreciate that every fight because there's so much else that goes into training camp and fight week than just the fight and so many risks that they take with like long-term health from stepping into the octagon every single time. They have to go through weight cuts, they have to eat right, they have to train hard, they have to deal with the media and the questions and all the noise that surrounds the fights as well on such a grand scale. They're dealing with constant injuries and honestly, they're being paid fuck all comparatively to many of the world's leading sports. And that's just a fact. I'm sure Dana White could give me great reasons as to why things are the way they are. I'm sure plenty of people could. But that is just how it is. They are being paid fuck all comparatively to many of the world's leading sports. I don't know what the business numbers are like and things like that. But the portion of the like, you know, funds, the what's the profit is so small that gets paid to the UFC fighters. So, yeah, that's just honestly it is bullshit. They get paid fuck all for doing honestly probably the most hectic one out of all of them. Other than like really niche sports this is like the most dangerous your life's at stake you get you can die like most definitely you can die in the octagon so time is money your health is money uh, and they should be definitely valued a lot more than they are so i do credit francis Nganu for speaking out and having the balls to you know put his job on the line and yeah, go against the boss because someone did need to say it. Combat sports is the fastest growing sport in the world and soon there needs to be a transparent conversation around UFC fighter pay. It's only becoming a bigger deal, MMA and the UFC. They're only gonna be making more money as they open back up to crowds. So there need to be some discussions and some transparency around fighter pay. And if you're dedicating that to the UFC, then how? Where's that money going? Uh, because Dana White is worth fuck-tons. He always stays in outrageous hotels, and it's his money, and he's earned it. So he is fully within his rights to do that. He shouldn't be having to give his money to these fighters, but the UFC, the money they are making, without any of these fighters, it's like that thing he just, like, he gets, if someone else isn't going to do it, or if someone's not going to do it, he just finds someone else that is, and that's just his business strategy. And it works, but yeah, I don't know. I just think definitely... There could come a day, most definitely, where someone with the money could come in and offer these fighters so much more. And yeah, and like, yeah, insurance and things like that. So that's just one thing, definitely. I think there needs to be a discussion about UFC fighter pay even more so than there currently is. These fighters put their livelihood on the line and they don't enter the octagon looking to seriously hurt one another. Most of them do it to support their families or support themselves and fighters have one of the shortest windows to make their money before their body can't handle the physical trauma anymore. All the accumulative damage taken in fights leads to serious health complications later in life, uh, so there needs to be more done about fighter pay, but I'll save this tangent for another day, shall I? Let's get back to this weekend's co-main event between light heavyweight turned middleweight Misha Surkinov and Brazil's Wellington Termin. The formerly ranked light heavyweight Sirkunov, transitioned down to 185 pounds in his last fight after losing momentum and his spot in the rankings at 205. A key stat here is that all of Misha Serkinov's UFC victories have been stoppages, that is extremely impressive, up against some of the highest quality competition, if not the highest quality competition in the world, and all his victories have been stoppages. Now, Serkinov's weight cut is going to award him the size advantage over Turman, Sokunov is going to be boasting a significant advantage in height, reach, and strength. So he's looking for that move down to middleweight to pay dividends. Misha feeling outmuscled in the light heavyweight division, so Sokunov is hoping that middleweight can be a more natural shift, as well as a permanent move and kind of home for himself inside the UFC. As for Wellington Turman, it's been a rocky road throughout his UFC journey, the keyword has been consistency or lack thereof for Termin. He broke a two-fight losing skid in his most recent outing, defeating Sam Smiling, Smiling Sam, Smiling Sam Elve. A uh, shout out to Smiling Sam. So yeah, Termin defeated Sam Elve by split decision. To be honest, Sam Elve isn't someone that's on my radar as far as threats at 185 pounds go. And a win's a win, but uh yeah that's as far as i'll really go with the greatest respect to sam elvey one of the a legend amongst the ufc uh done more than i ever will in a fucking octagon like probably like 30 times more more so yeah uh but that's just how i feel that's what i'm here to do i'm here to fucking talk uh, about my opinions on the ufc and shit my thoughts and comments my premium predictions sue me sam elvey uh yeah that one isn't huge a split decision one as well it's like oh and Termin as well, his, the two like life losses that he had before that, uh, he got owned. So yeah, Terman is nicknamed the prodigy. It looks like he is being set up to be this special talent, which he looked like he was going to be when he debuted in the UFC at 22 years old. Um, but yeah, this is a really strange main event. The original opponent for Serkinov was Muhammad Muradov. But Terman steps up to replace Muradov on short notice. Shirt notice? No short. Shirts, no shorts, no service. Uh, Wellington was originally slated to fight someone else himself. He was going to go up against Rodolfo Vieira. But that fight ended up getting scratched. It was supposed to be on one of the pay-per-views very recently. Probably not the most recent one. Maybe the Ingano one, uh, if my memory serves me correctly. But that got scratched. So now we have Terman up against Serkinov at middleweight. Wellington Terman enters this weekend in fighting shape and one benefit for the Brazilian is that his training camps and preparation for the two separate fights would be very similar. Vieira and Serkinov both have a lot of similarities in terms of their greatest strengths, like grappling, wrestling using their power and their submissions. And a lot of this physical uh, kind of advantage aspect that made very little sense but i'll continue to move on uh like a lot of the physical advantages in this fight sorry lean in favor of Surkinov, uh which they did in the Vieira fight as well against turman so turman's really gonna have to watch out because serkinov can definitely just dominate him for the full 15 minutes but turman is the faster of the two on the feet and that is going to be the key for wellington turman if he can get his kind of game going on the feet and outstrike Serkinov, then that's gonna take Wellington a long way toward getting the win, and it should end up causing Misha plenty of headaches, probably literally if he's punching him in the head. Now, who wins? I'm not exactly sure, but middleweight is a division that has room for some emerging contenders. The winner of this fight will move one step closer to entering the discussions for a top 15 position, Uh, so I retract my comment about this not being the strongest co-main, Maybe that's the case on paper, but I'm still really excited to see how this one plays out, as well as the trajectory of both men's careers going forward. Profiles, Misha Serkinov is 34 years old. He is Latvian slash Canadian heritage, and he is representing the Extreme Couture Gym, one of the top gyms, best gyms in the world. Uh, And Misha has a professional record standing at 15 wins and seven losses. As for Wellington Turman, his professional record stands at 17 wins and five losses. He's 25 years old and Turman is nicknamed the Prodigy. He's gonna to wanna to start living up to that nickname. The Brazilian is fighting out of Danbury, Connecticut, United States. And his gym is the Teixeira MMA gym. So I'm pretty sure that's Glover Teixeira and names like Alex Pereira in that gym. So just as good a gym, probably not as world-class or world-renowned. World but Turman is still learning from some of the absolute best in all areas of the game. And it's a case of untapped potential for Turman at this stage of his career. A win this weekend would make it too straight for Wellington and start to move the young fighter in the right direction. As for the 2021 campaigns, Misha in 2021 he had a TKO loss to Ryan Spann 1 minute and 11 seconds into round 1. And then Misha had a split decision loss against Kristoff Joko. So really disappointing time for Serkinov as of late and he's really gonna be looking to turn things around. That places Misha on a two fight losing skid. Uh, A third loss in a row would really hamper his momentum completely inside the UFC. uh, And it would definitely see him drop down. Maybe he even drops down to a preliminary fight. Uh, Now, Terman is on a one-fight win streak, so he's going to be looking to notch back-to-back wins in the promotion for the first time in his run to date. Wellington Terman's 17 wins have included four knockouts, six decisions, and the majority of Terman's wins have come by submission with seven submission wins. Similar case for Misha Surkinov. He has 15 wins, eight of 15 wins by submission, as well as five knockouts and two decisions, so... The stylistic matchup should be very interesting. It's going to be Serkinov looking to outsize and outmuscle Termin, and Wellington is going to be looking to use his speed and craft to topple the veteran in Serkinov. Two submission specialists as well, Uh, so I'm expecting to see plenty of grappling, and both guys trying to get the ascendancy over one another. Now, the betting market, very close. Misha Serkinov is the slight favorite at $1.83, and Wellington Turman at $1.98. Misha Surkinov to win by knockout, $5. Really good odds there. To win by decision, $4. And to win by submission, $8.50. Love that. The majority of his wins. Eight submission wins from 15 victories for Misha Sirkunov, and he is here at $8.50. Interesting. Uh, now Wellington Termin by submission. That's the way he likes to get things done. Three dollars fifty. Termin by decision. Five dollars fifty. And Termin by knockout. Seven dollars. It's now time for me to make my prediction for this middleweight co-main event. I am going to be taking Misha Serkanov over Wellington Termin. And my official prediction: I'm taking Sirkinov by submission. So when I look at the betting market, Misha Sirkinov by submission at eight dollars and fifty cents. What a fat juicy price tag, I'm jumping on it. Some money on that, Serkinov by submission, $8.50. And that's my prediction for this one, Misha by submission. So, that was the co-main event. That leaves us with one more. Looks like we may be able to get this one done in less than an hour, so let's power forward now. UFC Fight Night 202 main event coming up next. And again, if you have enjoyed the podcast, Make sure to follow at not just a sports report on Instagram. Let us get into it now. It is the UFC Fight Night 202 Lightweight Main Event. Islam Makhachev, Bobby Green, our final card for the month of February featuring a late notice catchweight bout in the main event. Now there are three other lightweight fights throughout this card too so the landscape is certain to shift this weekend at 155 pounds. Neil Dariush was scheduled to take part in this fight originally but withdrew and now we find ourselves with an unexpected perler of a main event featuring Islam Markashev and Bobby Green. Only a matter of days, like a couple of weeks, removed from Green's decision win unanimously over Nasrat Hakparast at UFC 271. Bobby now finds himself in the midst of a pack filled with hungry challenges, and Islam Makashev may just be the best of the lot. The protege of Khabib Nurmagomedov enters Vegas this weekend in search of his 10th straight win, and it's no secret that Makashev has ambitions to challenge for the lightweight strap before year's end. Does a win for Islam accomplish that? Yes, I'd say so. Islam and Dariush are the next two contenders in line after Justin Gaethje. In my opinion, forget about Conor McGregor. He is not relevant until he has a fight announced and he's focusing on MMA. He's also coming off two straight losses. So I know it's like a big fight to make, but you can still put him in a big main event fight. He's coming off two losses. Uh, He's talking a lot of talk and walking at minimal walk. Uh, Islam, on the other hand, has been very different. He's been rising up the lightweight ranks for six years now. Collecting nine straight wins in the process to establish himself as a genuine title contender. On the other side of the cage will be the grizzled veteran Bobby Green who boasts over 40 fights experience on his resume. Islam's last fight, he absolutely destroyed Dan Hooker. Uh, I had Hooker by decision, I'm a Kiwi, sue me, I went for my New Zealand, uh, you know, bro. So, I went for Dan Hooker but yeah, Islam was the heavy favourite uh he won really easily by submission in round one hooker stepped up and took that fight on short notice so there could be dangerous signs most definitely for green here against islam uh, but for green the california native he has been super active as of late wrapping up his 2021 campaign with a knockout win over li quinta in the garden green continued his career resurgence with a decision win over nasrat hagperast earlier this month that made me some money, Kaching. Thank you, Bobby King Green. Best of luck in this fight. Now, it's a shame that we won't get to see Dariush versus Islam tomorrow. I'm genuinely stoked to see Bobby Green get this main event opportunity, and this fight is an enthralling one in its own right. As for Imslam Makashev's profile, he is 30 years old from Dagestan, Russia, and representing one of another world-renowned gyms, so plenty of them on this card or across this card. Makashev representing the American Kickboxing Academy. Makashev enters this fight with a professional record of 21 wins and only one loss. Islam finds himself in fourth as far as the lightweight rankings go with his original opponent Dariush in third. And the top three is essentially where the next lightweight challenger should come from. Gechi is number one, he is up next in my opinion. Dustin Poirier is number two, he just had his shot. He's probably going to fight Nate Diaz next. Dariush is in third, Islam fourth. So a win for Islam should earn him a number three ranking here, but it's it's an interesting one. If Islam wins, then either he faces Benil Dariush next, uh, if Dariush is healthy, for sure would be like a number one contender fight. Uh, so Gaethje challenges next. Islam Dariush could fight to f- determine who fights for the belt after that. One of those two next but if Islam wins this weekend then he places himself in pole position and his odds de- shorten exponentially as far as Markashev getting a title shot before the end of the year. Fourth ranked Markashev is gonna be taking on Bobby Green who is unranked but he's been taking on very high quality opposition and Green finds himself on a two fight win streak. His most recent loss was against Rafael Fazeev. Now Green is taking a fight that nobody else wanted. Uh, and we saw what happened to Dan Hooker when he took the late night, late night, late night? Wow. Uh, late notice fight up against, that's how I get, I get my words mixed up. Am I dyslexic? I don't know, maybe. Uh, but Dan Hooker got submitted very early. Bobby Green, no one else wanted it. Green, this if anything is a testament to just how tough uh, Bobby Green is and how keen he is to entertain the fans. He's taking his huge opportunity here and the 35 year old, nicknamed King, will be representing California and his gym of Pinnacle MMA. Bobby Green enters this weekend with a professional record of 29 wins, 12 losses, and one draw. I'm gonna look at the methods now, and what I'm gonna do is take a look at the wins up against their losses, and then vice versa, just to see maybe what way this one might go. So Islam Makashev, his wins, He's had 10 submission wins, eight decision wins, and three knockouts. Uh, Now Bobby Green, the ways he's lost, eight decision losses. Uh, So the majority of Bobby Green's 12 losses coming by way of decision, eight losses for Green by decision, eight wins for Markashev by decision. So very interesting stat. This one could absolutely go to decision. Uh, But Bobby Green has been submitted twice and Markashev has 10 submissions on his resume. As for Bobby Green's wins, he has 10 knockout wins, eight submissions, and 11 decisions. So Bobby Green is gonna be up for this fight no matter which way it goes and where it takes him. Uh, And as far as Islam's loss, he only has one loss, which was a round one knockout loss to Adriano Martins at UFC 192 in October 2015. So Green could definitely win by decision. He's had 11 decision wins, uh, but Markashev's never lost by decision and Bobby Green has had 10 knockout wins. One man, Adriano Martins, has managed to knock out Markashev. He's shown that it can be done. That is Bobby Green's best bet to winning here, is to get that knockout finish. Looking at the advantages, the grappling and the wrestling advantage will go to Islam. He'll also have the advantages in the submissions, but Bobby Green, his key to winning this, he has the advantage in the striking. That is one area where Islam does need to work on. Uh, his activity, he's not as threatening on the feet by any stretch compared to his submission and wrestling game. So this is going to be a very interesting main event. Green's going to be looking to win by knockout. Islam to win by submission, that's how he wants to do it. Uh, and decision is also a major option for both men. As far as the betting market, Markashev, well, least value on the card. Markashev, $1.10. Bobby Green, $6.40. Gee, that could be worth a punt. Bobby Green by knockout, $12, wowee, that would be mad. Submission, $23, that would be insane. Bobby Green could get the next fucking title shot if he submits Islam Markashev. Uh, And Bobby Green to win by decision, which could very well happen, $14. As for Markashev to win by decision, $4.33. To win by knockout, $5. And for Markashev to win by submission, $1.83 as for which way i am going in this catchweight main event ufc fight night 202 islam makashev up against bobby green my official prediction i'm going to be taking islam makashev by submission why i just think he can get it done i think it could be a lot closer than people think and bobby green could really trouble makashev but in the end i think islam is going to manage to get that submission win and he's going to be calling for a title shot next he knows that gaichi probably gets that next shot but I am sure Islam is going to let it be known. He wants a shot at that belt. So wrapping up, I'm taking Markashev in the main event by submission. The odds for that are $1.83. And yeah, I will be back tomorrow doing my thoughts and comments podcast. Fairly sure JJ will be joining me as well and just going through the card. I'm going to try and get up early tomorrow and go right from the very first prelim, giving thoughts and comments throughout the whole card. So You've heard my preview and predictions. I've also done my prelims part one. uh, And then tomorrow we are gonna sit down and watch it all play out. Enjoy the card tomorrow, everyone. And again, if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to follow us on Instagram at notjustasportsreport. And until next time, take care.